reading from Isaiah, all people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. Their grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, the word of God will stand forever. Such a cheery reading from the gospel, from the book of Isaiah at this joyful time of year, isn't it? I've been thinking a lot about these, these words from the prophet Isaiah since I read them last week in preparation for Sunday's sermon. And I've got to be honest, I made a conscious decision not to preach on the prophet's words this past Sunday. Because I honestly didn't want to wrestle with this notion of my own mortality or, or, or mortality in general, mainly because I didn't want to be accused of being a killjoy at this joyful time of year. You know, pastor, just give us that sweet little baby Jesus that we all love. That's what we want. Make me feel happy. Save all that death talk for the funeral. And I get it. Most of us don't like thinking about death and dying. I don't think most 38-year-olds, like myself, think about death and dying and not being here one day. And honestly, if it wasn't for my profession, I doubt I would contemplate death at all this age. But last Tuesday, as I sat at the bed of Janet Young, a 98-year-old member, who was in her final hours of life, I wonder what it would be like to feel like tomorrow, feel like knowing that tomorrow I would not be here. I think we all approach that question differently depending on the stage of life we are in. In Janet's case, her children were grown. They're no longer dependent on Janet for life-sustaining care. She lived a full life, and from the sound of things, from her eulogy, and from talking to her family, she had no regrets. She was so cool of a person that she had a retired bishop deliver her eulogy. I am a pastor. I doubt any bishop, when it comes time for my death, will want to talk about me. I can almost 100% agree to say that. But she did. That's how cool she was. For me, the idea of dying tomorrow, it scares me a little bit. Because who would take care of my kids? How would my family make it without me? Financially speaking. We have lots of life insurance. But could they still do it? What would become of my boys? Who would mentor them? What would they be when they grew up? Dying, for me right now, is a bit of a scary thing. But Janet wasn't afraid. And as I, I stared at her, holding her hand, I wondered, what would we be like knowing that one day she would not exist? Did she ever wonder that? That will I, when, will I get to the end of my life and feel like time has flown by too quickly? that I'm not ready for it to end? On Friday, we had dinner with a friend of mine that I've known since high school. He also happens to be the godfather to my son, James. And during our discussion at dinner, we, we realized it's been 20 years since we graduated high school, but 
to both of us, it still feels like yesterday that we were walking around those hallways. Talking to Brian, I remembered a lot of the good times we had in high school. During dinner, we talked about how our high school's building is being demolished in 2024, and we were making plans to go visit the building one last time. Then talking to Brian, it just felt like high school was yesterday, and it hasn't been for some time. Now, I still look at my life, and I wonder, how did I get to be in this position? It doesn't feel right at times. A few months ago, I was in a, a meeting, and um, part of this meeting, we were planning a first, uh, an annual retreat for First Call Pastors, and my friend, Pastor Beth Martini, who serves as assistant to bishop up in Lower Susquehanna, who graduated with Pastor Diane and I from Gettysburg, was leading a member, and I remember thinking at one point when she's trying to get help and trying to figure out what to do, um, I remember thinking, Beth, why don't we just let the adults handle this? Then I realized, we are the adults now. And looking around the room, I was one of the senior, most senior pastors in the group. In fact, I feel like at times I have no idea what I'm doing 12 years later. And you know, these 12 years as being a pastor have really flown by. And the past six years of being a dad have flown by even faster. I never in my wildest dreams, 15, 20 years ago, thought I'd be where I am today. Before I'd enter seminary, I told many of y'all, I had plans on being a monk and joining a monastery. I now serve a church in rural Frederick County, Maryland, with my wife and four kids. And I own a home. There goes that vow of poverty. It's far from the life I had imagined for myself 15, 20 years ago. And I know many of you are older than me. And have you ever wondered where the time went? Have you ever looked in the mirror and asked, how did I get to be this old? What have I done with my life? Have you ever felt like you wasted part of your life? So what are we to do? Because we can't turn back time like Cher says. But wouldn't it be nice if we could? I mean, how many of us would love to go back in time and tell our younger selves that everything works out? Okay. But we can't. Instead, I think a lot of us fall into this spiral of, of wondering what could have been. We fall into this death spiral hating what we have become, wishing we did things differently, hating the image that we see in the mirror. We feel like we are running out of time, that life is going too fast, Feeling out of time means running short of mercy. It means reaching the end of our passion and our purpose. It means feeling burnt out and dried up like crispy hus at harvest time. And from the sound of tonight's reading, at least on the surface, we might wonder if God truly even cares about our short span of life. We are but like withered grass. That our short span on earth is but a blimp. In God's day. But you know something? Even though with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day to God, our God is still very patient with us. Second Peter goes on to say, The Lord is not slow about his promise as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Even though our lives may seem, may appear trivial in the eyes of God, God 
is but that of a patient gardener waiting for spring to come. You know the thing about grass and gardens is that some years you have the bumper crops and you have more zucchini than you know what to do with. And other times you wonder, why did I even plant this thing? I know I've had those years. But it seems like every spring, after a frustrating fall harvest, I go to the shed, I get out my trusty tiller, a rake, a shovel, I gather up the grass clippings from the early spring mows, throw them into the garden space, and I go to work, caring for my little small plot of land, planting a garden, and hoping for a better year. God does that for us too. God is always ready to help you rake up the withered grass clippings of your lives, throw them into the garden, and help you work the land in the hopes of a better year. God is at work in the cycle of renewal and new birth that comes at the end of a long winter's rest. This is the imagery that we heard on Sunday in our appointed first lesson and psalm. In Isaiah, God's presence is like that of a sheep who feeds the flock, gathers new lambs, and tends to the ewes. In Psalm 85, God's faithfulness dwells in the land like a new seed. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground like rain, righteousness, and goodness will look down from the sky. God will give what is good and the land will prosper. If humans are like grass and our constancy is like the fast-fading flower, then God is the one who clears the field, tills the ground, and carefully tends new life as it grows. Our affections may be seasonal, but God exists outside the human scale for attention and affection. God knows how to work with our rhythms and to gauge godly growth by the measure of the human season. When our human efforts fade and wither, God knows how to harvest and sow again. Perhaps when we look in the mirror and we're not happy with what we see, maybe we also need to remember that behind those wrinkles and scars and gray hairs, there's a story. These gray hairs, which have appeared a lot more in recent years on top of my head, they weren't there before I got married, I'll tell you that. I was jet black, nice Italian jet black hair. They weren't there before I became a pastor either, or before I had kids. These gray hairs are the result of 20 years of living. And there have been times when things were great. These past 20 years since I graduated high school, and there have been some very difficult days. And these gray hairs represent all of that. Throughout all my years of life, God, somehow God has gathered up the grass clippings of my life, tilled the ground, and fed the lambs with the bounty of what was produced. How have you found God doing that in your life tonight? God is patient. Far more patient than I, than you or I. And is willing to wait for the winter of our lives to pass so that he can get back to caring for the garden. God is the only constant in this time. God is good at waiting for the right time to appear to gather, to sow, and to plant. And God will be patient with you as you grow, produce, fade, and wither. And despite the fact that time passes much faster to God than to us, God steps out 
of God's time and enters into ours to be with us and to continually help us pick up the broken and shattered pieces of our lives. One day, when I'm lying in my bed, like Janet lied in hers, and my pastor is sitting beside me, holding my hand and reciting the same prayers and passages from Scripture that I said to her hours before her death. I hope he or she remembers that though my body has withered away, God was constant through it all. That the gray hairs, the wrinkles, the scars, they were worth it. And that even though tomorrow may not exist for me, tomorrow will exist for God. And one day at the right time, God will send his son back to the earth to make all things new, including you and me, the withered grass clippings. Until that day, may we trust in God, that God is patient, and will continue to till this beautiful garden that we share in, and produce good fruit from our withered grass.